0: Talk to your local agent today.
1: This is Recode Media. With Peter Kafka and I am here in studio live with Neil Vogel. Neil, what's your current job? Uh, my current job is I'm the
2: CEO of Dot Dash.
1: You run Dot Dash, but in some number of months, you were going to run Dot. Dash .-meredith. They're very creatively
2: named Dot dash .-meredith, yes.
1: Which means you're going to run in a, a, a series of websites that used to be called about.com, and we can talk about that in a second. And then you are also going to be running one of the largest magazine publishers in the world. All true. Congratulations. Thank you. This is a deal you guys announced a couple weeks ago. $2.7 billion you're paying for Something Earth, like that. Cash and, and debt. They're the bigger company. You're the smaller company. Yes. You're acquiring them. That's interesting. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's interesting. One of the things I thought was interesting, I was watching your your presentation when you guys announced the deal. You guys said this is something you've been looking at for five years in various forms. How, how did this come about?
2: Well, yeah, so you, you know our story a bit. We were once about .com, which was not working. Uh, but Alticom had one really interesting thing about it that was like a kernel of goodness inside of it, which was it had really good content that helped people do things, like got really intent-driven users and helped them figure out how to make the router faster, how to deal with diabetes. So we, we took that kernel and we broke it Yeah, the and size. by the way, right. I
1: was looking. We, we did a really good podcast about this a couple of years ago. I mean, your best ever, right? <laughs> really, I, was, I literally went through the transcript yesterday. You can go look at it yourself. 2019, January. Neil tells a really interesting story about transforming this company, which had owned, been owned by the New York Times, moved around a bunch. Barry Diller and IAC own it. You run it for them.
2: Yeah, and so we 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 got a model that worked, and the model that worked. Just focused on intent-driven content, what used to be called being a service publisher, and we launch a bunch of our own brands very well, the Spruce. Intent-driven content means
1: I want to learn about something. I'm typing that into Google and going to that website. It means
2: Google a lot of the time, but not all the time. It means that we haven't historically done a lot in, like, we don't do news. We don't do things like that. We do... Content that helps people, again, like you just had a baby, you need to figure out how to paint your kid's bedroom, we're going to help you do that. Like you just bought a new computer, you got it set up, we're going to help you do that. You want to cook dinner for your family, we're going to help you do that. You have like a, what should I do? I need a Roth IRA for this kid I just had, we're going to help you figure out how to do that. So it was all very valuable content. We had people at the moment where they would make decisions, and that's a very valuable moment. A, to build relationships with people by giving them great content, and B, because when you know exactly what they're doing and you don't need cookies and things to figure it out, and that's very good for advertisers and other marketers. So we launched these brands out of About.com. We started to get a lot of traction. And then uh, in a very IAC way, we started to figure out, well, how can we we get this thing bigger? How can we scale this? And that's around the time when we started to talk to Meredith, because when we were About.com and trying to figure out what to do, we actually, this is a true story, we had a conference room in our old office in Times Square, which was that's the whole other story of that office where we before we broke up about com, we took Meredith and it was before they would bought time and we dissected it property by property and said we can compete with this and we can compete with this we think on health and we can compete with this we think in home we can compete with this we think on food and with a bit of arrogance and overconfidence and the support of obviously Barry Diller and Joey Levin we went and we did it and we started to really we're going to make our own
1: versions of these things that someone else has done
2: invent our own brands and just do it because we think There's an opportunity on the internet to make content that is better than what's out there. It's too much mediocre stuff. Let's make the best things. Let's do it on sites that are super fast and performant because people like that. And most importantly, let's have fewer ads. And let's never do annoying things. No pop-ups, no auto. none of the the annoying stuff. So it really worked, and, and we started to figure out, well, we're going to now try and scale this model. Very IAC. Let's work really hard, figure out a model that works, and then take the capital and go do it. We actually, right after that first podcast is when we bought Birdie. And a site called My Domain, a home site. We bought it a few days later. Um, you started with health and finance. Yeah, we, started, we, we launched We launched health, we launched finance, we launched home, and then we bought Birdie and Beauty, and we bought Brides and added to that, and then we added to our food and beverage portfolio with Cirrus East and Simply Recipes and Liquor.com, and we bought Tree Hugger because we wanted to get in the green space, and we did a series of, of acquisitions. And along the way, we were always envying looking at Meredith because— As we grew, we did really well and financially we performed very well and we sort of have this model that works. But we've always been missing two things to make our thing really work. And one is brand and two is scale. And in brand, the problem we have is nobody knows this right now, but the spruce in home is three times the size of Better Homes and Gardens Online. That shouldn't be like Better Homes and Gardens brand is 10 times better than the Spruce brand, but we're just really good at making this kind of content on the internet. So it's really, really grown and we're building a brand. When we can do what we've done to the Spruce and we can do it to brands that really have existed and have like a history. And these are some of the best brands in the world. Like we've done with, you know, Investopedia and with Birdie and with some of these other brands we bought. If we can do that to Better Homes and Gardens and to Shape and to people. And so some of these other things we have, there's a lot of potential here, which we're very excited about. The second thing is scale, our stuff performs really well because we have these people at a moment of intent and we have fewer ads and the ma- but we just never, like we just, we, we weren't big enough to take all of the money or big chunks of the money. We just weren't big enough. And this solves a lot of Literally don't have enough audience. Don't have enough audience. To I mean, be able we had to fulfill an
1: advertiser demand.
2: N- we, we do, but not at the scale someone like Meredith does. But we're pretty good at the internet. They have these incredible brands. They've had a bit of a print-first mentality for a million reasons we can talk about. I wasn't there. I don't know all of it. But we're very excited about the combo because of what we can do.
1: I want to ask you about the thesis in a second. But just to go back to the idea that you guys were sort of talking to them over time— and they went through an interesting process where they always wanted to buy Time, Inc., and they couldn't. And then eventually they did, and they bought it minus Time and – or I guess they sold them SI and Fortune. And then they merged that with their – so they basically took all the female sort of focus properties. Right. Um, took those, and then I was trying to get Tom Hardy, who was the CEO, here forever. It didn't happen for various reasons. And, at some, and they also owned a big TV group which they recently sold and said, we're just concentrating on magazines now and publications, and now they're selling to you. So they've had a weird journey. But what were the other versions of combinations you talked to them? Was it always, we want to buy the whole thing, or can you sell us this brand or that brand? I mean, without getting into
2: too much detail, it was a lot of— and and it's not. we've talked to everybody about Mm -hmm. this. We're, We're fairly aggressive. Like, we'd like to buy this brand. We'd like to buy that brand. We'd like to do this. We'd like to do that. And I think it got to a point where we grew big enough and were confident in our ability to digest this, they happened to do something that took care of the TV business. They were selling it to somebody else. That it made sense to look at the whole thing, and that's what we did.
1: We looked you, at the whole thing. Do you believe that this is like when Jeff Beaucus was was slimming down Time Warner and spinning off all the things that weren't video, so he could eventually sell video to Bob Iger? Rupert Murdoch was this the same thing? And there, I have. I'm, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, but your eyes say yes.
2: Listen, I, I don't know what my eyes say. Um, I, I don't know. I look I, I I'm I i do not work at Meredith. I'm not the Meredith family. I but don't the know. But the point why is you weren't, you
1: didn't want to, you guys did not want to buy a series of of uh, local TV Oh yeah, stations. that's very clear.
2: Yeah, yeah, that of course we know. I think when when the TV part got solved, then you could buy That, that opened thing. that opened it up for us to have a serious discussion
1: about the remaining pieces. So so let's go back to the thesis. So you guys are a small-ish but fast growing internet. Not
2: that small. 100 million uniques on Comscore like
1: real business. Real business. Well known within the media business, people like me go. eh, That's an interesting thing that you're doing there. Internet only, internet native, native internet, web internet. Just gonna keep saying words. Um, DNA. Buying a thing that is best known for for their print publications right. has some internet stuff that is also doing okay. You're gonna combine them. It's a peanut butter chocolate thing.
2: I think so. I mean, that's the thesis. Yeah. I, I think if and you you, look you at-
1: said we want to keep print in some form.
2: Yeah, for sure. Look, you, you're not you're not going to spend what we spent on this if you don't like the assets and if you don't think that there's a future for print. And I think what we've been saying is what this allows us to do is get some of the best publishing brands in the world that we can look at from a different prism. And what, what I would say, and I've said this before, is the mix of how you become a public—how you are a publisher 20 years ago and the mix of that today and the mix of that 20 years are not going to be entirely different. And we— haven't really had to deal in the past. We uh, we were just straight D- you know, straight digital DNA, all, all the, the you know, from the jump. Print is how they built these brands. These brands are everyone knows it Better Homes and Gardens is because it's been printing seven million magazines a month for, God knows how far back you can look. The opportunity going forward is to have an, a print business that is in support of a digital business, not a digital business in support of a print business. And um, it sounds super simple and super logical cause it kinda because it kind of is Some of
1: your customers still want print advertisers like that there's a print product that they like to put stuff in the print product they also like to have it around it seems like
2: look it we are not we've said this too We' we are not the people who are going to change the secular decline in mm-hmm. print. But it doesn't mean people still don't love print magazines, and there's not still a market for them
1: because there is. And by the way, your deal has not closed. I know you just started talking with the people who actually work at Meredith about what's going to happen. So I'm not going to ask you like what you're going to do with print, although I assume you're going to do like everybody else's and sort of reduce frequency over time and still have print, but some stuff will get scaled down. I do want to ask though about the idea of saying they have digital stuff, we have digital stuff. The, the, your Spruce Better Homes and Garden example, like a year ago you said that's why we don't – if you were speaking publicly, you'd say that's why we don't need to buy Meredith. We make our own brands. Right. We've done that. So if you already are more successful online with Spruce than Better Homes and Garden is online, why do you need to go buy Better Homes and Garden?
2: Oh, well, let's let's take a step back and look at their brand. If you look at their brand portfolio, it is very complementary to our brand portfolio in terms of audiences and what they reach. And the thing we're most excited about is what we have been able to do with our brands that we've invented with how we make content, how we build websites, how we distribute content. If you take a look at the brands that they have, which generally don't sit in the same, look, you would be like, oh, Better Homes and Gardens and The Spruce are both home brands, but they're very, very different. Mm -hmm. Audience is different. They look different. How they speak to people is different. We get two bites at the apple at somebody who's looking to do You name the home thing, do the thing in their garden, do the thing in their home. And we get to have this brand that everybody in that space knows and is beloved. And we get to give it the sunlight and water that we've given to our brands. And we think there's a tremendous amount of scale we can achieve doing that. And with that, you become very important to advertisers. You become very important to users. And I think the thing that is most interesting to us, and this is a little nerdy wonky, we we are content people. We will never... No one believes us when we say this, but they should believe us now, like five years in. We don't start with the money. We start with the, can we make the best thing on the internet on the best sites for this topic? We think if we apply that to their brands, we're going to have a lot of success. And it's worth noting that we're obviously a much smaller business. We spent significantly more on content last year than Meredith did, and that's going to continue. And we did it achieving, you know, fairly healthy EBITDA margins. So this model works, and we're just incredibly excited. Look, they know how to run brands. They're great at data. They're people—again, we haven't met all of them. We've been a few of them. They're incredibly talented and motivated, and I think this is going to be hopefully freeing and inspiring to them.
1: So I I get that they do a different thing than you guys do, and then it's also sort of why I go, well, why would you want to be in that business? Because your business works because I want to buy— I want to get a new credit card. I go to your site that's going to rank credit cards for me, explain offers. That's very valuable for advertisers. There's a model where if I click on a link and I get the credit card, you guys get a big bounty for that. Same thing if I want to buy – I want to put in a kitchen island, I go to Spruce, I guess, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the intent-driven business. That's that's a really efficient way of making money. Um, the, the more generalized I'm interested – I just like looking at homes, but I'm not buying anything anytime now. That's why I'm at Better Homes and Garden. That's a different business, let alone like people, right? Which used to be the engine that made Time and go. There's no, there's no obvious link to it. I met people. You're going to sell um, me something.
2: Let's break that into pieces. Let's talk about the intent business. The, in, the and that's this is like X of people for a second. Their businesses are the exact same as our businesses. The difference is how we make money, and because they've been around for so long and their brands are so good, they have you know, 70-year-old relationships with these incredible advertisers, right? If you are a CPG company and you're launching a new whatever soup and you give all your money to Better Homes and Gardens, great. If you give all your money to the Spruce, someone's going to be like, well, why did you give them all your money? So that's a big deal. Um, They are very good at high-touch advertising. We are very good at the transaction piece of this. Mm -hmm. Those things both occur – at a moment of intent, right? The reason their advertising is so effective is because they have people that want to plant a garden and want to do this. We've just been a little bit better at getting them down the funnel to transactions, and they've been a lot better at advertising. Mm-hmm. So there is a big cross there. We love people because we've actually liked the entertainment space for a long time, but that's a different model. That is a scale model, and that is a brand model. It's a different pool of advertisers model. We probably would not be in this space if we couldn't Buy people, but we can buy people. The second thing people does is for us.
1: Asked you, you said we're not doing news, we're not doing sports. That's the difference. Yeah, we're still not going to do news
2: or sports. Right. But but people is different because it's, it's entertainment and it's a little bit celebrity, which we like. But when you add people to what we're doing and you roll the whole thing together, advertisers love people, adds a little sizzle to all the transactions, but we now have something that we are scaled enough that I think, and a lot of people think, we can actually compete with some of the platforms for dollars. And I think we can do it from a position of strength, meaning you're not going to get mad at our content. It's not a feed. It's not misinformation. It's not fake news. It's none of that. It's 100% content we create that we take a lot of time creating, both Meredith, who's great at it, and us who are great at it. Now we have enough scale that like, wait a minute, we can deliver a program big enough that you don't
1: have to deal with those things if you don't want to deal I've with. I've heard things. this pitch before. My, my my bosses here at at Fox Media make a pitch like, this, well, I hope right? it works and, for them. And BuzzFeed does as well. Like we're if we have enough scale, we're not going to compete with Google and Facebook in terms of raw impressions and dollars, right? But like we can give you something they didn't, which is this this curated experience. It, but there's enough of it that we can. Well, reach the one thing I would
2: say is the combination has a lot more scale than anything you just mentioned, and a unified approach of how we're gonna deal with like, these intent-driven users. So it's a different pitch. It is quality content, the best content on these super quality sites, and brands that you know and trust, all the content we create. The topics aren't newsy. Nothing's gonna put you in a bad mood. You're not gonna be mad that your content's next to any story about whatever. So we think we got a shot. Now, that's not the thesis,
1: but I think we have a shot. I have other questions for you. I wanna take a quick break so we can hear from sponsors. We'll be right back.
0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: And we're back. We're talking in lower Manhattan. You can see a nice skyline yeah. behind you. Uh, the company you bought is based in Des Moines. Des Moines, Iowa. Um, you know, my wife is from Des Moines, Iowa. Have you talked that? I've been yeah. to Des Moines once. From Minnesota, so it's oh, kind I, of, I know
2: it's, it's all the same. But it's,
1: no, Iowa. Iowa makes Minnesota look like the Rockies or something in terms <laughs> of geography. <laughs> it's
2: not totally, but Des Moines is a good town.
1: By the way, I remember running into you at in an airport. I guess in Chicago, and you were you had like you were just selling some CPG thing. Like you it's definitely possible. are a high touch sales guy back in your I mean in your days. You've done you this do before. What you need to so do. when you when you get to Iowa and there's this workforce that has been battered and reconstituted and sold off. And now you're the new guy in from New York. How do you approach that? How well, do you the tell them, I'm not do, here to, to I, destroy the, the you? The first
2: thing you do is you tell them your father-in-law was a starting offensive lineman at the University of Iowa, which Sir? is true. That helps. Go um, Hawkeyes. Go Hawkeyes. But, but that's—and it was the, right before they beat Penn State, too, so, and then right before they lost to Purdue. But we, we go there, and we're just genuine, and we say what we do. And we tell them that this is a growth story. They are a growth story. Now, they've been handicapped— by being a public company that cared a lot about quarters, that had to pay a dividend, they had to do all kinds of things. They're now working for a place, and you've talked to Joey and Barry enough to know that it's the forever horizon. We don't have a short-term horizon I see he's a public
1: company, but you guys are are willing to wait a bit.
2: We are, uh, you know, a segment sector, I don't know what the legal term is, of a public company. And the horizon is incredibly long-term. What do we need to do with these brands to make them the best brands in the world? Where they, they are, but how do we get them to their rightful place? and our number one problem is we can't hire people. We got 100 open jobs and we'll fill them all in Des Moines. The facilities there are amazing. The people are like inspired and great and they I think a bit of injection of energy which we don't lack for the availability of capital the ideas that come out of .dash and IC, I think has been, I mean, a week and a half in, it's been well-received. I mean, people aren't going to tell me they're not into it, right. but so far so far- Get out of here,
1: New York guy. It. You know, any merger, you have efficiencies and cost savings, and your CFO mentioned that in the call, but then you guys also went out of your way to saying this is not about hacking out a, we're ton, not, of, a ton of- This is not about hacking
2: out costs. We're not like a private equity shop coming in. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to Build a modern media company at great scale. That you know, we never talk about size. We're trying to build what we say the most important publisher online, the most important media business online, and I think we can do it. And we had really good ideas. But we're babies. I mean, we're five years at this, but we're we're a little bit of outsiders. We came in, we have new ideas. They worked.
1: And yeah, let's w- stop for a second. You, you, your pitch was, and you still talk about today. Is I, I've never been in publishing before this. I hadn't. And that's still a pitch you want to tell people, like, I'm just I learning mean, how to do— Whatever publisher. works. Yeah,
2: whatever okay. works. We're, we're
1: not—I guess—what
2: I, I would say is I guess we figured out—we used to joke around in our office, like, we used to call ourselves outside cats. Like, we're fine. We can survive outside. We're going to piece this thing together and make it work. But we're no longer outside cats. We are in the house. Like, we're we're not outsiders. We're the thing. We're I think we're the biggest publisher in the world, or maybe not in the world, definitely in the United States, maybe in the world right now, of a of premium publisher— One of the challenges of this is we have to learn how to behave like that. We have to learn how to behave like market leaders or near market leaders. We have to learn how to behave like a company that expects to take money that would otherwise go to a platform. We have to learn how to behave where we we can maintain our discipline of saying, if that's not good enough, we are not going to do it. And that's hard. That's really hard. And um, look, it's also going to be hard for us. There's 700 of us, 800 of us. There's 3,500 of them. So, getting our culture, which is a very IC adjacent culture, um, put that put that in real world meaning. Words. Like we're we're um, aggressive, uh, I think appropriately aggressive, and it's a place where its successes and failures are not what's rewarded. It's trying and trying things the right way. That are, if you try something and you do it the right way and it doesn't work, that's great. We learn something. If you try something and you do something kind of half-assed and it works, you don't learn anything that's bad. So IAC is very much a accountability place for ideas and a place where, look, you know, Joey and BD, they're not always easy to work for, but they're always fun to work for. And it's fun because your ideas are going to get challenged and you're going to try things. And But once you agree on that thing you're going to do, we're all in it together. And we have to get to that kind of culture. It is a very internet-y culture overlaid on a media business, but we have no illusions we're an internet business. We are a media business. Our metrics are media. Our margins are media. We're not saying we're like reinventing some—our multiples are going to be media. We're not saying we're like reinventing the world, but we are just taking media through an internet prism.
1: Taking media through an internet prism. All right, I'm just I like that, that line. One. You didn't like that. No, I'm just trying to figure it out. Okay. While well, I figure mm-hmm. it out, I want to ask you about Google. Yes. Because prior to Meredith, you guys were a Google company. Your main business was taking Google searches, serving up content against that. And, and also, Google's an important part of how you monetized, right? Because when you click on an affiliate link, either usually Amazon or Google is paying you. Mm, Google's not paying us. No, they're not in that business at all? Not, not really. No? Not for us. No? So it's Amazon usually?
2: It. I mean— Amazon's a big part of it, but not—I mean, we have 100 different partners. Okay. I I know what you're you're getting at, and you're saying, well, look, if you are on the consumer internet, whether it's travel, whether it's retail, whether it's publishing, Google is the front door to the internet. And if you look at Meredith's properties and our properties— it's still a very similar percentage of total traffic from Google. They're a little bit less because, frankly, they're better than us at stuff like email and things like that. And also,
1: but people might go to better homes and garden to start with instead of looking.
2: They do. But the what I would say is they're definitely less googly than us. Mm-hmm. But if your site is 45% Google traffic or 60% Google traffic, if you have a Google problem, you probably have a problem. So on the margin, it doesn't matter. Now, we love that they—we're going to learn a lot from them about data and about email, about things that, that they do. But the percentage of traffic that we all get from Google is roughly the same. And again, it's different. Like in health, if you look at WebMD or Healthline, and very well, it's in the 90s. That's, that's how people get health information online. What is
1: this spot uh, on my arm?
2: What is this spot on my arm? You're right to Google for that. But if you look at birdie or brides, I'm going to get the number slightly wrong, but it's 50 or less than 50 because people come there a million different ways. What it, this helps us do is we've already been fairly diverse across industries, fairly diverse across revenue types, right? Premium sales, programmatic sales, commerce, performance signing up for credit cards, business. What this really helps us do is diversify even further across industries. And I think part of the reason we did so well in the pandemic is when our travel stuff got hit, our food stuff did great, and our health stuff did great, and our finance stuff did great. Adding entertainment to that is going to further diversify what we do and People is also significantly less Google-related. Right, than, that's what I was getting to do, is, does, does, does this
1: reduce your dependency on a single mega platform?
2: I mean, yes, it does. But the, the question is, it reduces your dependence, but you still need to pay very close attention to what Google's doing. And, and, and we've talked about this in the past. You can't do things just for Google. You will not win. Because if you try and follow what Google's doing, that is definitionally backward-looking, right? You're— You just know what they wanted, not what they want. If you endeavor to make all Google wants to do is the same thing Pinterest wants to do or the same thing Flipboard wants to do, give someone the best answer for their query or need. If you are that best answer, which means they trust the site, they trust the author, they like your video,
1: they like your picture, Mm -hmm. it's comprehensive, it answers the question, you'll be fine. This is what you were telling me two years ago, and I believe you, except when I go to Google— more and more, they're shoving stuff into this one box, or whatever the box is. And sometimes it's right or it's a Wikipedia and it's g- close enough. Sometimes it's really garbage. Um, but the other thing I notice is that when I'm trying to buy something, Google seems less usable than ever. Like it's, so, well, the, all the results seem to be SEO-driven, link farm stuff that I thought they were trying to stamp out 10 years ago. It seems like it's come back. And what it does is send me to Wirecutter, run by the New York Times. Or Amazon directly. Or Amazon directly. The the Amazon's got its own problems with that. And and it seems like, on the one hand, I can see why they're not spending time on it. But it seems like they're missing a big opportunity. And if they ever figure it out, um, it's a problem for you guys. That's
2: kind of. The issue with Google and the thing that we're—we're not overly concerned about, like— Google search is not like a whimsical thing that decides they like you or don't like you. That's not the business they're in. The issue with Google is 50% of the people that go to Google never leave Google now because Google answers the query. So if you were in the celebrity whatever, what what is, what is Peter Kafka's birthday business? Yep. That's not a business anymore. Yep. We are theoretically in the it's a more complicated answer than what's your birthday or like what day is Christmas. So we still do really well. And frankly, we've been growing so quickly. We can't really tell if we're losing to – Google, whatever Google share creep, whatever you want to call it, but the the real risk is, and you hit on it in commerce, and you can hit on it in other stuff. The real risk is like how much of that page is Google going to take, and it changes different times a year. Like your commerce stuff is going to look very different now than it's going to look in July, and what do they do with it, and how much do they cut us out, or need us, or not need us? So that is. But if you're going to be a modern media business, you're going to have to deal with algorithms. It's just the way the world works, and you know, there's like. The great line from The Wire, which is like my favorite show ever, where Marlo says something to the effect of like, you want things to be one way, but they're the other way. Mm -hmm. We're living, it's the other way. Like we don't necessarily want it to be this way, but we're dealing in a world that Pinterest matters and Google matters. And for us, we don't care about like Facebook and Twitter,
1: but other people, they matter for them. Like these things matter. That's a better line than come at the king. (laughs) It's it's, it's the real world. Um, both Apple and Google are trying to reshape the way internet advertising works. Um, basically, both sort of deprecating the cookie, essentially. Best or, thing for us. Yeah. How so? Best so, thing for us. so you had so, to learn. You had to learn how to work in that world. Now those rules are shifting.
2: So we are. We've always been contextual based. Contextual targeting will always beat some cookie or profile-based targeting and performance if you read anything about it. So think of it this way. If someone, um, if I just had a new baby and I'm going to figure out what color do I paint my baby daughter's room on the spruce, we know everything about you without needing no cookie. We know you just had a kid. You're definitely into home improvement, so you know who's involved in that. Maybe you're likely moving. You very likely need a new credit card. You very likely need a new car. And you know that because you know, because we have millions and millions of users to those pages and we know what they do and what they want. It doesn't matter who you are as an individual.
1: It doesn't matter. But the reason that the world, is prior to this, the pitch was, actually, since we know all that about you, we can now target you on some other random website. It's way cheaper than buying it out on Neil's site. Let's all do that. Advertisers got used to that and trained to accept that.
2: In the long term, this will be very good for us because we are a place that you can go to contextually put your good or service in a place where you know exactly what someone's going to do. You want to talk about your new router and the content that's like, why is my router too slow? Like if someone's looking up barbecue content on July 2nd, you know exactly what they want to do if you're selling, name the thing, charcoal or beer. And that's been the crux of what we do, and we've built data products and data offerings around that. The thing that Meredith does that is so appealing to us is they have lots of first-party data, logged-in data, subscriber data, which is great, and people have given you that, and they're so far ahead of us on data, that's a very big opportunity here of things we're going to learn from them. We, we haven't even gotten that far. Like, we don't have logged in anything. I think we have, like, comments in a couple of sites you can log in and do, but we don't have much.
1: So the, the trajectory here is this does become a sort of a out, spun-out public company, right? We, we just went through this with Vimeo. You guys just went through this with Vimeo. Stuck around. as a video company. They weren't sure what to do with it forever, forever, forever. Took off. Now it has been spun out. That's presumably one day you will be running your own public
2: company. Uh, what I would say is it's not up to me, which you knew was going to be my answer. We love IAC. Look, if, as a someone who runs a business, you need capital. You need the ability to compensate people. And you need supportive Board investors. We have all those things now. So we don't I don't need this. I mean, if you talk to Joey or BD, they'll tell you like when we get too big, they make decisions. If there's a compelling reason to do something different, they'll make decisions. But like Yeah, but that's they'll, what they'll talk they, forever they, they, they I mean yeah, they own they, video they, for 15 years. They own right. match for 15 years. So who who knows? I mean, we're fairly
1: new here. Have but, you taken on any magazine publisher trappings yet? Are there are there? Um, things you want to indulge that you couldn't do because you're an internet guy, but now you're a magazine I would guy. love
2: to. Just give me a driver. But no, we have not There's yet. private jets we're, going no, but back not, and forth, they're right? They're not yet. Yeah, From but those jets, were, to New those, York? those jets are the bus. That's They're bringing people up and back every day. I wish I wish I could, like, go take it to Cabo, but that's not happening.
1: You can just go um, to Des Moines and back.
2: Yeah, I'm lucky if I can get a seat on it <laughs> at this point. But, yeah, no, they're, I, I wish they are probably—you know, I don't think— I'm not sure what was going on at time. That's before my time. But the, the Meredith guys, there, there are— There's no
1: drink carts rolling There are no down drink the carts.
2: Halls. There are no trappings. I mean, the office time-built you know, in uh, Brookfield or whatever the thing's called is pretty nice. Um, yeah, no,
1: my colleagues at New York Magazine are, are hanging out there. Yeah,
2: right it's now. pretty nice there. But you know, I think I think the trappings have been thinned out long, long before we got there. You got to get some kind of glitz or glamour. I mean, I mean, off Mark talk to Benioff you? By, Yeah, see, <laughs> Yeah, it's like I said, you got to get some kind of
1: glitz or glamour. We got to exactly. We got to up level. I this. don't know.
2: Like, you'll, uh, talk to me in like a year or two. I'll see what, see All what right. I can do. Neil, Nothing I want to have to ask Joey. Yeah, I,
1: I I pestered you for quite some time to come do this. So thank you for coming. But you and doing were the this. first. You're the first person we talked to. Exclusive, first Exclusive. chat with Neil Vogel coming. Thank to you.
2: you. It's always fun. Thank you for having us. Thanks
1: that was super fun. Thanks again to Jelani and Joel who produce and edit the show. Thanks again to our sponsors who let us bring the show to you for free. A bunch of more cool stuff is coming your way for free in the near future. Thanks for listening. Thanks for writing. Talk to you soon.